0: You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for yet another broadcast. We thank you that everyone that is listening today is here by divine appointment because you have something to share. There are things on your heart that you want us to get. And so I'm just yielding this morning, yielding to the Holy Spirit offering my body as a living sacrifice. Holy Spirit, just think through my mind, speak through my mouth, share uh, the Father's heart with everyone here today. Uh, Teach us, teach us and guide us into all truth, Holy Spirit. And uh, help us apply the things that we'll be talking about today to our own lives, Lord. Uh, Use it to renew our minds and to course correct us, Father, and to keep us on the path of life that you are walking with us on the way to our journey and so uh yeah we just yield we yield to your agenda for the broadcast today father and we thank you that uh you are going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that i even know to ask or pray or even dare to dream this is a topic that has been on your heart this whole podcast, and this whole broadcast was your idea so we just say do your thing jesus uh set us free just for freedom's sake in jesus name amen and amen Well, you guys we are knee deep in our series the god of desire and we are unpacking really the the power of desire we are unpacking and redeeming really uh the godly concept of desire and why it is so important that uh, we've been talking about that god is the author of desire desire is um his passion desire is his motivator and it has been so vilified, right, by religion and by the church. And we've actually sometimes even thought that desire was, you know, in the enemy's camp, like we're led, led you know, led into temptation by desire. And of course, you know, that's, I'm assuming, you know, one thing that we've all probably experienced at a time, you know, one time or another, but that is not the the whole story on desire. Uh, We talked in last broadcast about that God created everything for his pleasure and that pleasure is godly. Desire is godly, that God is motivated by pleasure. In fact, you know, we've heard the scripture over and over again that in his presence is the fullness of joy and in his right hand pleasures forevermore. So pleasure is a core component of the kingdom. In fact, joy and pleasure go hand in hand. You guys, we talked about how the Garden of Eden was a place of pleasure. It was a garden of delight. In fact, the word Eden means delight. And so, delighting uh, is it, delight is a a core characteristic of God. Uh, you know, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, listen to that. When we delight, when we have delight with with the Lord, well, guess what happens? Desire, desire raises up. He gives us the desire of our heart. So, delight and desire have been hijacked they've been hijacked and so much of i don't know christianity is is you know i don't know almost like joyless right i mean we're somber we're we're serious and that is just not the that is not the nature of god and so today we are gonna gonna kick back off uh with this topic today and We're also going to talk a little bit more about Gnosticism. I introduced the concept in the last broadcast, and I talked about that Gnosticism was a heresy that infiltrated the early church. And what Gnosticism is, is really kind of another, the flip side of the coin of just legalism. It's a form of legalism, and it is absolutely part of religion. It is this idea that, you know, whereas legalism is, really a focus on rules and a focus on performance and a striving, right? It's a relationship with the law, with the old covenant, with self-righteousness, with uh, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil rather than the tree of life in the sense that we operate independently from god and we perform to try to please god to be good apart from christ to earn a type of righteousness based upon works and that is not the gospel and legalism is all over the place in the church today and it's it's a mixture many times when we're hearing the gospel or we're sitting in church of a list of things that we need to do in order to be blessed by god things that we need to do in order to reap you know the kingdom that we need to sow a seed We need to, you know, do all of these, we need to pray, we need to read our Bible, we need to do these Christian activities to stay right with God or to feel that we're close to God. When all of that comes out of a legalistic old covenant mindset that Jesus came to completely annihilate, to fulfill the law so that we would no longer be under the law, but under grace and that righteousness is a gift, that we are righteous by faith. We are righteous through our union with Jesus. And so that's, you know, I spend a lot of time talking about legalism, but today and last week, or in the last broadcast, I started introducing the kind of the flip side of legalism, which is a part of being of a legalistic independent mindset, which is this concept of Gnosticism. And basically, what Gnosticism does is it vilifies the material realm, right? So this shows up in ideas like the world is evil. The universe is evil. We live in a fallen world. We need to separate from the world. We're not, we're not, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And we've taken those scriptures, uh, you know, to to extreme lengths uh, to, to the point where we believe that the material realm, you know, on some level is, is evil. And it affects us in so many ways. We start to think that our flesh, right? Our bodies are evil. And we start to think of our flesh as our bodies rather than a mindset, meaning a mindset of the old carnal man, right? The carnal man was sense driven, but it doesn't mean that our bodies are evil. It doesn't mean that um, the fact that we have, that we live in a body doesn't, it doesn't put our spirit at war with our bodies, it just means that to be spiritually minded and to be flesh sense minded, those are two things that are opposite. So a mindset of just the senses of non spirit of not not living in both the material and the spiritual realm at the same time, and just living in the material realm, that is what we're really talking about here when we talk about the flesh or we talk about the mindset of the flesh because the new creation redeemed the world it redeemed the cosmos And in, in colossians it talks about that god was in christ reconciling the world to himself reconciling the cosmos the universe to himself and we have been restored to a new way of living where heaven and earth have been united. They have been reconciled that anything and everything that was, you know, alienated from God in our own minds has been wiped away. And now we are bilocational. We operate in the spirit realm and the material realm at the same time. We also talked about how Gnosticism vilifies the material realm and the body to such a degree that it actually taught that Jesus did not, you know, that the incarnation was wrong, that Jesus didn't even have a physical body, that he was some kind of disembodied spirit. And then we even talked about how the Antichrist, which so many of us think about as like, you know, this coming damien like feature, I mean, figure, right that's going to rule the world and bring chaos and all of these things to the world. We have thought of the antichrist based upon a fiction of, you know, movie and books of left behind rather than realizing that the antichrist spirit is actually talking about the the spirit of gnosticism. It's talking about the vilification and the denial that Jesus came, the vilification of the material realm and the denial that Jesus came in the flesh. And so those are some of the topics that we've already covered. And today I want to I want to continue down this path. I want to continue down the path of gnosticism. And I want to talk about what happens when we when we when we subscribe to this idea that the material realm or our physical beings are not spiritual they're they're evil in fact or they're they're bad or they're a lower nature if you will than our spirit than our spirit man right and so we kind of dissect ourselves like we're spirit, soul and body and the spirit is perfect but the soul is dirty and the body is evil. We kind of without even realizing it that's kind of the way a lot of us think and the problem with that is guys is that we end up completely disassociating from our bodies and we we disassociate from um the the material realm when that is not what the gospel does the gospel reconciles us to our bodies it reconciles us to ourselves it reconciles us to the beautiful creation that god has given us And so there's this reconciliation that is what the gospel declares it's the reconciliation of the material and the spiritual realm it's not a division of it where the material realm was not was not redeemed now i know that most of us sit around and think about how well the world is evil shalice well why is the world evil you guys why do why is there evil in the world today well, the reason why there's evil in the world today is because people are under the influence of the world system, right? They have been programmed. They have been programmed by by a world system that causes men to act evil, right? It's brokenness. It's brokenness in our minds. It's brokenness in our hearts. It is generational Um, abuse and and toxic religion and all kinds of other problems in, in the thinking of mankind that causes evil to exist. And yes, of course, there's powers and principalities and we have an enemy that is orchestrating all of that. But we need to separate the kingdom of darkness and the influence that it has on the human race from the reconciliation that Jesus accomplished on Calvary. The truth is, mankind has been reconciled to God, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. We have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. And we now have authority over the world systems and the the programming of the powers and the principalities. In fact, the powers and the principalities have been completely stripped. We are seated in heavenly places right now in Christ as his body on the earth, also in heaven, far above powers and principalities and rulers of darkness that inhabit this age. If you read your epistles, right, if you read you know, Ephesians 4, it talks about how when Jesus um at the cross that jesus not only ascended but he descended it talks about in colossians how jesus is now the preeminent one and that all things are existing through and by him in hebrews it talks about that god is upholding the world with the word of his mind power that jesus christ is the cohesive person and force and spirit and present that is inhabiting all things and we now have been redeemed. We've been redeemed and the the universe, the creation is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God. It's moaning and groaning for the manifestations of mature offspring of God who live in union with the father exactly the way that Jesus did and do the same works that Jesus did and govern the scene realm, govern the material realm from heaven. This is what it means to be a carrier of the kingdom inside of our physical bodies. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the very holy holies, the holy of holies, which the priest couldn't even enter into in the old covenant without, you know, a whole list of rituals that they had to perform or they would die. But yet now that same presence of God is dwelling inside of us. The same presence of God that, you know, filled the temple and the priest could not stand to minister because of the glory. That is the glory that is inside of us. And so the incarnation of Jesus was the uh, redemption of the human body. It was the redemption of uh our lives and our lives consist of more than just our spirits guys yes our spirits are holy yes our spirits are joined to the lord but the redemption was for the human body god values our bodies he values our individuality and so much so that that's why jesus kept healing everybody if god didn't value those things why not just go ahead and let everybody die right no there is a purpose for the material realm there is a purpose for our physical bodies And I said this earlier that the gospel announces the reconciliation of ourselves, right? So let's talk a little bit about the role of desire. You guys, So many of us, because we've disassociated from our bodies and we've disassociated from really the material realm, believing that it's evil rather than governing it, rather than partnering with heaven to watch heaven manifest through our bodies. Our bodies are the carrier of God. We lay hands on the sick, you guys, and they are to recover. The power of God flows through our bodies, flows through the material realm. And when we live disconnected from our physical bodies when we live disconnected from our desires you know what happens we live first of all a joyous life but secondly we can't even enjoy the things that god has freely given us to enjoy we 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 believe that a fasted lifestyle is how we are supposed to live that that's what self-control looks like Rather than recognizing that self-control just means that we're governing ourselves. And yes, we need to deny ourselves in a sense, but not for the, we deny ourselves for the purpose of experiencing desire the way that God created it. So that we can freely enjoy things without things controlling us. Right? We don't, we, we can freely enjoy food. We can freely enjoy money. We can freely enjoy the, the things that God blesses us with without those things owning us. Right? And you can own, you can be owned by something, um, in, in either extreme. Right? You can be, have a legalistic, rule-based relationship. You can get identity from anything right you can have a a free relationship with food or you can have a rule-based relationship with food you can you can govern money or money can govern you and so it's not about the material realm the material realm is neutral it is neutral it is it is governed by human beings and i've talked about this in like my creative dominion series in the past where i just said we are constantly manifesting the things in our heart that, that by design, as a man think, so is he. That, that we are creative by our very nature. I use a lot of examples in those podcasts about how um, I talk about the observer effect from quantum physics or something that's called the collapse of the wave, which means that the material realm is responding to human observation. It's responding to human activity. Why? Because God created it that way. And so our hearts are very, very important. Um, they're an important organ in our body, obviously, but they're an important, they're an important, uh, connection to our spirits. And desire is, is godly. Desire is something that's, that's a part of our heart. You know, I read a scripture last time from the Mirror Translation, and I'm going to go ahead and read it again today because it talks about that the, the offspring or the, um, the fruit of our union with Jesus is desire, that part of our fruit. Matter of fact, a desire fulfilled is the tree of life is what um, it says in Proverbs. And so I wanna pull up in the mirror translation, the scripture that I talked about last time, just as a jumping off point again. So we're gonna go to John 15 and I'm gonna start reading in verse seven. It says, my words find voice in you. With your abiding in me and my words abiding in you, a conversation is inspired where you will request that which arises in your desire from our union, and it shall come to pass for you. It says these union-inspired desires bear the fruit that endorses the Father's glory. This is where true discipleship is born. So I love this scripture. I've been meditating on the scripture a whole lot. And I just love the way it talks about, um, that prayer in other translations, you know, that ask what you will and it will be, and it will come to pass. But this asking comes out of desire and that when we live in union with Jesus, that our asking comes out of desire. It comes out of the mutual desire of God. And I want to talk about dreams. I want to talk, and I don't mean dreams as far as like, you know, dreams that you have at night. I mean, just the dreams that God has placed in our heart. Another word for those things are desires. Right? The desires that we have for our family, the desires that we have for our lives, the dreams that God has put in our hearts, um, that, that are, are totally godly. You guys, when we don't see the desires of our heart, come to pass when we live in the place of unanswered prayer or we live in a place where we feel like we're just going through the motions and going in circles year after year with the same issues and the same problems you know controlling us and controlling others you know what happens it literally makes our heart sick okay it makes hope deferred makes the heart sick and when we don't have our desires fulfilled, when we are not connected with our desires and we, we are not free to desire, free to dream, then guess what happens? We actually become heart sick. It's, it's a, it's another word for, um, for broken hearted. And so this is an important topic because I, you know, I talk to a lot of people every single day in the body of Christ. I'm constantly talking to people about our school. I'm talking to people through the breakthrough calls that we do. My team and I are, and I can tell you that there is a large percentage of the body of Christ. I mean, and if I, when I go speak, if I raise my hand, there's two questions I ask commonly when I go speak somewhere, I ask who needs physical healing. And I can tell you 80 plus percent of the people in the room raise their hand. And secondly, if I ask the question, who feels like they're dealing with hope deferred? Who feels like that they have had dreams that have been shattered or dreams that have been delayed or desires of their heart that have never come to pass? And again, it's going to be upwards above 80% that people are going to raise their hand. I mean, this is a, talk about a pandemic. I mean, this is an epidemic in the body of Christ. This this condition of of being hope deferred. And let me just go to that scripture because that scripture is absolutely tied into our desires. It's from Proverbs 13 in verse 12, and this is the Passion Translation. It actually uses the word dream instead of desire, but let me read it to you. It says, when hope's dream seems to drag on and on, the delay can be depressing. But when at last your dreams come true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Okay, let me read it to you in this is the Amplified Version, and it says it this way. Um, it says, and this is Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. And so I wanted to bring this up today because I, one of the things that, <clears throat> in the work that I do with people, is we get people past the place of hope deferred why because we have to be able to dream we have to be able to desire if we are going to receive from god if we are going to discover our purpose and live it and experience the abundant life that jesus paid the ultimate price for us to experience we must clear the past and all of the ways that hope has been deferred out of our lives we have to get a clean slate we have to get to that place where the past is not getting projected into our future we have to complete it we have to put the past where it belongs so that our hearts can be healed and our hearts can be free to dream and desire again so not only do we need to connect with our hearts because Um, You know, I talked about it last week, you know, many of us think our hearts are deceitful, you know, above all things, who can know it? Well, no, in Christ, we have a new heart, right? The old heart, the deceitful, wicked heart was crucified with Christ. And so a functioning heart is how believers are designed to function. We are designed to live out of our heart. It says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil evil things. The the truth is, is that our hearts are connected to our speech and our speech is creative. Our heart is connected to our thoughts and our thoughts are creative. And when we have a broken heart, when we have, um, when we have the condition of having hope deferred be our, our, the state of our heart and we have this kind of, and many times it's suppressed, right? It's a suppressed sadness. It's this disconnection from sadness and depression and disappointment. And we put on a mask and we go to church every week and we praise the Lord and we act like everything is okay. And, and we don't authentically connect to our heart and process these things that have happened in our past with the lord and i'm talking about real 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 things things that cause sorrow i'm talking about death i'm talking about divorce i'm talking about bankruptcy i'm talking about living through a pandemic i'm talking about things that we have experienced in our childhood traumatic things that we have gone through but yet so many in the church we don't know what to do with this pain and so we just mask it. We mask it with food. We mask it with Netflix. We mask it with, you know, um, gosh, toxic relationships. We mask it with workaholic behaviors. We we mask it with all of these things because we are truly disconnected from our hearts and we're we, we don't know what to do with it. And then we're taught in church that, you know, just be joyful, right? Just just rebuke it. Just um Uh, Just speak the scripture and the truth is that we're walking around with this heaviness in our heart and we're walking around with hope deferred and disappointments and we're upset with ourselves, we're upset with other people, we're upset with God and if we're just honest and truthful about these things, This is the state of our heart. This is the state of the things happening inside. So no wonder we're disconnected from desire. Put Gnosticism on top of that and we think desire is evil anyway? Well, we have a serious compound problem. We have have heaped all of these things onto our desires and buried our dreams. I mean, I know this is true, guys. I mean, when I talk to people every single day, most of them end up in tears. Because we dive deep into what are the things that you need to complete? What are the things holding you back from living the abundant life that Jesus gave for you? What are the, the things that are holding you back from living a life that you don't have a vacation from? That you are living your dreams. You're living out of a place where your desires are being fulfilled and you're eating from the tree of life and you're <clears throat> Excited to get up in the morning because you know you're making the difference in people's lives that you were born to make. You're operating in self-control and your emotions, you have some maturity in your emotions because you know how to process them. And the truth is, most people aren't there, you guys. And and we have to get there. We have to get there, you guys. I mean, wholeness is not going to happen in our lives when we are disconnected from our hearts because life flows from our heart. Life flows from our spirit and our hearts and our spirits are intertwined. Our hearts and our minds, the the mind, body, spirit connection flows and connects through the heart. And so coming to Jesus and letting him heal our hearts, coming to Jesus and letting him give us a new perspective on the things that we've been through, helping us see his perspective and, and really release the pain, release the, the 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 depression, release all of the things that are the consequences of hope deferred out of our hearts is very, very necessary. And it's one of the most powerful things that you can experience in your life. And it's one of the most precious parts of being in a relationship with Jesus because Jesus heals the broken hearted. Jesus restores hope. Jesus brings us back into a place where our heart is back online and we can actually begin to um, see the desires of our heart come to life and passion and, and love start to flow in our hearts again. And so we must reconcile these things in our hearts, you guys. And I will tell you in our work, right, one of the things that we do, I mean, this is why it's so important to be able to hear God. This is why it's so important to have activated spiritual senses so that you can actually interact with Jesus so that you can have an inspired conversation so that you can have a vision that, you know, the Holy Spirit has given you. I mean, yesterday on our eMERGE call, I'm telling you, we've had, um, I have a, a one particular student that has really struggled, struggled in their relationship with God, struggled in a job that they can't stand, struggled in knowing what their purpose is, struggled in with their emotions, struggled in their relationships, and had this profound experience. This, I mean, he described it as literally like an open vision, like it was, like he was there in this vision. And it was a vision of God. He said he just bawled. He just bawled because it was a dream. It was God's dream for his life, God's dream for his purpose. And it touched into the deepest, most sacred desire and desires and dreams of his heart, you guys. And that's what happens. Sometimes we've just, we've piled so much garbage, you know, just life has piled so much garbage onto our dreams. They're just buried. And when we have an encounter with God and he comes in and he begins to restore those things, I'm telling you, it is so powerful. It is so vulnerable. It is so glorious. And it is such a revelation of the heart of God and the love of God and the power of God. We are undone. And guys, we should be regularly being undone by the goodness of God. And, and, you know, one of the first exercises we do in Emerge is we have people take out pictures of themselves from the various decades of their lives. And I will tell you, this is very painful for some of our students. <clears throat> it's one of the reasons why we do this in community. It's one of the reasons why all of our students are doing five rapid mind renewal sessions, which are our which are, are inner healing sessions. They're two hours because we're bringing up the hope, hope deferred. We're bringing up the things in our hearts that have, need to be healed. And you guys, if we're honest, I know in my own life, there was, you know, it was hard for me to look at pictures of me as a child. It was hard for me to go back. I mean, I remember I had this one picture of me sitting on Santa's lap and I was eight years old. I had another picture that I just, I just feel like the Holy Spirit highlighted these pictures to me. It's one of the reasons why they're in our curriculum now. And I had another one where I was at Disneyland and I had Mickey Mouse ears and I can, I had little red shorts on. I was probably around five in that picture. And I remember looking at those pictures really throughout my twenties, um, through a lot of my thirties, even, you know, really before I started, uh, until the Lord started revealing to me some of the abuse that I had been through as a young child. But I would look at those pictures and all I could see was a hurting little girl. I, I could see sadness behind her eyes. I, I, I almost felt so sorry for her. And I was very, almost, you know, very disassociated from being able to connect with her. Um, you know, I also remember, uh, just in times that I would, you know, I, it was very hard for me to look at pictures of myself, um, no matter what the age because, or pictures of my family even. I remember I would look at them and it was almost like there was this film of something's just off, something's just wrong. And you guys, that came from a place in my own heart where not only was I disconnected from my heart, but I had sorrow. I had, I had carried sorrow, decades of sorrow. Um, through unprocessed pain and I know so many of us are scared to go there but I can tell you numbing yourself out uh, with you know be- being disconnected from your desires uh, using people using things using substances using distractions. To deal with your pain is no way to live. In fact, that's way worse suffering, even if it's numb, than just just bringing those things to Jesus. And, you know, in the process, what I've learned to do is I've learned to process. I've learned to process disappointment with God. I've learned to process. Uh, pain with god i've learned to uh, release these things to the lord and i've learned through how you know i've learned how to have an encounter with god you guys, I mean that's what we're doing now, right? Is we're teaching people how to hear God on demand, how to actually have an encounter with God on demand. How do I say, "Okay, Father, what do you want to sh- what do you want to share with me about this?" And how do I look in the spirit and how do I hear in the spirit so that I can connect to what Jesus is doing? How do I invite Jesus into our past? How do I how does he show up to that 5-year-old little girl in that picture and begin to minister to her? Because what happens when we disassociate from our pain? And when we we deny ourselves and we repress those things and we suppress those things, guess what? They don't go away. They don't go away. That pain, even though you may not be experiencing it emotionally, it's showing up. It's showing up in our health. It's showing up in our triggers. It's showing up in the way that we are able to connect with other people. It's showing up in the way that we parent. It's showing up in our marriages. I mean, it is showing up, you guys. The old saying that hurting people hurt people. Well, that's very, very true. And so it is so <clears throat> important that we have the ability to process these things with Lord, the Lord. And we have um, the people around us that are safe spaces for us to be able to process that with as well, right? Um, we need the body of Christ. It says, confess your faults to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed <clears throat> and being a safe space. Right. Where you do not participate in gossip, where you do not talk about people behind their backs, where you are not judging people because of their pain and their triggers and the things that that they have unprocessed. And it's showing up right when you're ministering to people, when you're when you're serving people, when you are praying for people. I mean, it is so important to be a safe place because we all need it. You guys, the bot, the church should be the safest space on the planet. But unfortunately, for many people, it's not. You know, I I participate in a lot of different deconstruction forums and a lot of different groups on Facebook and other places. And I will tell you, um, one of the reasons that I participate in those things is because I want to keep my pulse on the pain in the body of Christ. I want to keep my pulse on really the work that that is that we are here to do because there is so much healing that is happening you guys people have um, been so hurt by toxic christianity they have been so hurt um yes it's their own pain coupled with other pain coupled with the system of religion i mean it's just a lot of hurt you guys there are hurt on uh, there's so much hurt in the world and it starts with us it starts with us in our own journey of healing it starts with us and being able to 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 connect with the Lord and connect with what he is doing in our lives to be able to connect with the healer. And I can tell you, this is something that's been, I've been doing this over two and a half decades, you guys, and I am never amazed, never do I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the power of Jesus to make things new. And it is absolutely imperative that we do this because If we're going to actually fulfill our purpose, if we are going to dream, if we are going to see our desires fulfilled, then we must absolutely get the past out of the future. We must get the past out of the lens that we, that we view everything through, you know, where we come to the place where we did just expect more, expect more disappointment, expect more hope to be deferred. We expect these things, you guys. And so, you know, really, my goal in in sharing some of this today is to invite you into this process. And there's a couple of ways that we help people, you guys. I mean, number one, you can schedule a rapid mind renewal session with me and my team. Um, our team is working with people from all over the world to help them process their past and get the hope deferred out of their hearts so that, that the abundance of, of Jesus is flowing again. Um, you know, every single week in Emerge, people are showing up when we do the testimony and celebration time, talking about the way God is completely transform, transforming their past. And it's it's transforming their past, you guys, because they're encountering the gospel. They're encountering Jesus. And people are connecting with God, the Father, like never before, being fathered by God for the first time in their lives. And so... You know, I just always have to mention, if you have not done a breakthrough call with our team, and if you have not investigated stepping into Emerge, please do so. The world needs you healed. The world needs you whole. The world needs uh the purpose and the dreams and the desires that God has placed in your heart. And it starts with us. It starts with us taking responsibility for... Um, You know, as I'm reading some of the comments here, it's talking about how you get away from condemnation. Well, guys, we have to know the gospel. We have to know that there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ. We have to realize that condemnation is never from God, that that most of the time is self-accusation. Most of the time, the enemy doesn't even have to get involved in accusing us because we're too busy, you know, excusing ourselves. know i'm looking at the comments as i'm it's kind of going through here and we have one of our grad graduates that is taking a comment about her husband who had done 15 years of therapy 15 years of all kinds of modalities trying to work through some things in his childhood and with one 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 session worked through all of those memories, all of that repressed pain. And so I'm saying these things. I mean, it, I always, you know, sometimes I hesitate to talk about these things on our broadcast because, you know, it seems like, oh, Shalise, you're just trying to promote something. Yeah, I'm trying to promote healing. I'm trying to promote people to get into their purpose. And I mean, it really doesn't matter what you think about my motives because my motives are to heal the body of Christ, to help them detox from religion because the world is hurting and every single member of the body of Christ has a strategic role in in being the body of Christ, in going into the dark places and going into uh, the world, you guys, going into all the world and proclaiming the gospel, not just by preaching at people on top of their pain, But by demonstrating what the father's character looks like, filled with his love, an example of his goodness, living a life of abundance because abundance is our birthright in the kingdom. The world needs a demonstration of the kingdom of God in our lives and powerless Christianity is not going to get the job done. Judgmental Christianity is not going to get the job done. Being afraid of the world is not going to get the job done. Complaining about the world is not going to get the job done. Simply staying in our prayer closets and praying for politicians and prayer, you know, all of the things that we just spend all this time worrying about and praying about is not going to get the job done. You guys, we have to step into the darkness. We have to step in as the light and we have to step in as Jesus with skin on, Loving the sinners. When I say the sinners, you know what I'm saying? Like we even thinking thinking of that when we don't have any right to pick up a stone and stone anybody. We are not. We're not Jesus in the judgment seat. We are the ones that are trying to stone the the adulterous woman and, and have no business picking up the rock. Right, And so we just have to get free. We have to get free of religion. We have to get free of Gnosticism. We have to get free of disassociating from our pain and being disconnected from our hearts and piling all this garbage of hope deferred onto our dreams and desires. You guys, this is a call. It's a call for all of us to step into the power of the gospel, step into the power of our freedom in Christ, not, not on our own, no, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, through experiencing God, through experiencing Jesus as a real real God is a real human being who relates to us, who understands us, who has experienced human humanness, who has experienced suffering, who has experienced sadness and rejection and the things that we are trying to recover from. You know, I just, um, I'm so passionate about this issue because it it grieves me to know in, to see people Hurting, it grieves me to see people living below their inheritance in Christ. I'm telling you guys, spend just a few days in some of these deconstruction groups that I'm in, and some of these um, healing groups from religious toxicity, um, some of these groups, I mean, these people are losing their faith. You guys, they are, they are no longer believe in Jesus. They they call themselves agnostic. I mean, don't even talk to me about my LBGT, uh, brothers and sisters that reach out to me that I'm in communication with on a regular basis because they can't find anywhere that they belong. They can't even go to church. They love Jesus and they don't know how to reconcile their faith and, you know, their sexuality. And I know that we have all these pat answers in the church, you know, well, the Bible says this and the Bible says that. And you guys, it's not helping anybody. It's not helping. It's not even helping you. (laughs) It's not even helping me. Right. The Bible says something, but we're not experiencing it because we are totally disconnected from our heart because of the things that we've gone through in our lives. And so my plea to you guys today is if you haven't scheduled a breakthrough call for us, if you haven't considered a merge, well, goodness gracious, get on a call with us. If you need um, help processing the pain, schedule a rapid mind renewal session with our team. You know, um, if you've already done those things, we'll do more, right? Get back on a breakthrough call with us. If you said, oh, no, I can't do that. This isn't the timing. Well, you guys, when is the timing? When is the timing to actually make your purpose the number one priority, your relationship with God the number one priority? When is the time? to surrender to the call of God on your life and seek first the kingdom. There is something that happens when we fully surrender, when we fully come into a place where we know that our life is not our own, that we have been bought with a price and the way that we are living is not the way God designed it. It is not the new creation. It is not um, experiencing the abundance that Jesus died for us to have. The ultimate price has been paid and it was paid so that we could experience it. It is not enough to know it we need to experience and the disconnect between knowing it and experience it is in our subconscious mind which is our heart you guys these things are stored as programmings and they programs and they are not just stored in our neural pathways these things are stored in our cells. These things are stored in our bodies. This repressed pain, these suppressed dreams, this deferred hope, this depression, this anxiety—it is storing in our body. It is storing in our atomic nervous system, autonomic nervous system. It is—it it is affecting our lives in ways that we cannot continue to just suffer this way. Try to numb it out. Try to just ignore it. Try to get distracted by the temporal things that aren't designed to distract you they're designed to be enjoyed in a healthy self-controlled way so you guys um that's my plea for today that's my that's my um, prayer for you guys and i just i'm just standing i'm standing for the healing of the hearts I'm standing for being a safe place for hearts. I mean, that's what God has shared with me, that that's what I'm called to be. I'm not here to judge. I'm here to be a safe place for people to heal. God knows that I have no place to judge. God knows that I have struggled more than most. I have experienced more than I think my fair share of pain and if anything else you know I love the healing journey that I've been on because it gives me great empathy it gives me an objectiveness that is able to help people process it themselves so you guys whatever the next step looks like obviously we're here to serve you but you know you have people in your lives you have safe spaces um, and if you don't well then by all means uh, reach out but definitely make connecting to your heart and working through your past and, and getting out of the place of your hope being deferred and clearing the slate so that you can step into the future that God has designed But for you, make it a priority. Don't let another year go by without without stepping into the life that you were created by God to live. Don't live another life suffering because there are things that need to be healed. So whether that's physical, whether that's emotional, whether that's relational, whether that's financial, whether that's vocational, right? No matter what the area of your life is, God's will for you is wholeness. God's will for you is prosperity. He says, beloved, I pray that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers even as your inner world and your heart your heart world prospers so god bless you guys know that i'm praying for you and and you know get into whatever that next step is don't let anything stop you you are worth it you are worth the time you are worth whatever it takes to invest you are worth it okay you're worth the blood of jesus and god will he will supply This, because he supplies all of our needs. And this is a very important need. And it is absolutely the heart of God. So God bless you guys. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalice's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at shalise.com and watch Shalise's free training, where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.